Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. As I add in, Mr. Frank Sanders, welcome into the PHNX <laughs> podcast presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast, leave, a, leave us a five-star review. I am co-birthday boy Johnny Venerable, joined as always by the GM Saul Bookman and fellow February 17th birthday brother, the great Frank Sanders, 81. Hello, Frank. Hey, brother. How you doing? Happy birthday to you, my man. Happy birthday. Look at those nice balloons. I don't got shit here. I don't have anything. That's nice. for you, though, brother. Happy birthday for you. Thank happy you. Happy birthday Thank balloons you. for you. That's well, happy cake. Huh? Well, happy birthday to both of you guys. Thank uh, you, sir. you know, I, I mean, always, always the, the pride of PHNX U2. Um, not the pride of my life because the real guy is Michael Jordan, which is really what this day is all about, guys. Come on. Oh, fuck him. <laughs> you mean the number two greatest basketball player of all time behind lebron james that dude johnny you can go completely <laughs> f off right now and i know in your heart of hearts you know that's not true he's I grew up, you grew he's up in chicago there's chicago. no way i watched him in the guy. finals against to be honest lebron's number, number four. four who's number three no lebron's not number four he's working to be number one after he after he jumps Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, I mean, you just can't can't knock that down with most I points. Don't know how assist. he's not, at least there's just so many stories we can go into what LeBron numbers yeah. categorically has dominated. This is, a, this is a football podcast, right? I, just get out. Yeah, that's on. You're talking about how he thinks Charles Barkley's uh, number one. I've heard him say that before. Oh. Um, <laughs> number that's one scary sons. stuff. He's probably number one son. All right. So speaking of the Suns, I wanted to start today talking about the Suns. But before we do that, uh, some. Stuff kind of came out on Twitter over the last half an hour, 45 minutes that I wanted to discuss because people are asking me about it. Uh, our buddy Malcolm Butler is in the news. Uh, the Cardinals have officially released him uh, from the reserve retire list per the waiver wire. Uh, Ian Rappaport initially uh, will be interesting, especially if he wants to return. Heard he's considering it. And uh, Mike G- Girardi uh, mentions here a subtweet. Butler has been working out, quote, diligently, would expect a return. Um, that's interesting because the Cardinals signed him last offseason as their basically their number one corner. He got a nice salary from the Cardinals, albeit a one-year contract. Byron Murphy, Robert Alford, you know, they drafted Marco Wilson. And then he opted to walk away from the team weeks before the start of the regular season. Now, the Cardinals held up fairly well. But there was speculation, is he just done with football? Did he have personal issues? We never even heard from him again. And now it looks like he wants to come back, try again, maybe get another paycheck. What do you guys make of this? I mean, personal issues, you just, uh, again, personal issues and mental issues, there's just no way to measure that um, in in a person's mind, in a person's heart. So, we could sit here and speculate all we want, but it really doesn't matter because if that individual just doesn't have the heart to play football, especially football, 
Like yeah. it's it's one thing to go out there and kind of half-ass maybe basketball or baseball or something like that, but football, that shit will get you killed. Like right. you cannot be out there with your mind not in the game. Like that just it can't happen. So I'm not going to really stress too much about this. I think you know he did what he thought was right in his own in his own mind, and he he handled his own situation. And now apparently he's ready to go. He's fixed whatever uh, ailed him, and and maybe, you know what? Good luck to him. Yeah, look, this it's just uh, if he has an opportunity to come back and play in the NFL, I think after watching the safety for the the St. Louis Rams come off the off the couch and from yeah, somebody Eric backyard, Weddle. somebody's backyard. I was gonna say his name. I just don't want to say his name because I I think Malcolm Buck is. He's like, look, if this guy can play, I know I could come back and play. And so Malcolm was having a good off season too. Like it was, he was the number one corner yeah. for this team, and you had Robert Alford on. On uh, the opposite end, or excuse me, in the slot, he was your slot corner. And then Mar- uh, Marco Wilson was number four, and Byron Murphy was number two. It was a nice group. And, I mean, fo- you know this better than anybody, Frank. It's Football's a brotherhood. And, you know, you got to be able to count on the 53-man guys that, yeah. that you go to war with every Sunday. I, I, you know what? I, I wish you're absolutely right in that. And I think that, uh, you know, we, we, went, we went through a good conversation piece on trying to give him the benefit of the doubt as yeah. well as giving him time and saying that there's a good possibility he might come back and Robert Alford can talk to him. A couple of guys get into his head. Maybe that might that might make a difference for him, but apparently that did not work. And I agree with Saul. Sometimes you just don't know, you know, when you when you see the mental stresses of the things that guys got going on, sometimes you got to take a break. But if, if he's in a good mental state right now to come back, he feels like that's something he could do, then kudos to him. And it's just, uh, I agree, it's, it's, not a, it's not a fun game and it's not a safe game. Uh, easy game for somebody to come out and be half, half, half mentally there as well as physically. Well, I wanted to touch on that because it's important. Well, best of luck to Malcolm Butler, whatever he decides to do mm-hmm. for those curious, like the Cardinals aren't going to bring him back. If he wanted to come play for this team again and said, Hey, I needed a year off for clarity. I'm ready to go. Maybe they would have listened, but he's been out, outright released and, and we'll see what, what happens. I do think the Cardinals need to address corner this off season. But let's go to our main topic of discussion today. I wore my Phoenix Suns Devin Booker t-shirt on purpose because the Suns have NBA best record 48 and 10 mark going into the all-star break. We've got Suns, Savant, Saul Bookman on the podcast. And you watch the Suns operate not only this season, but two and a half years. Finals run, bubble run of two years ago. And you just you look across the pond in Glendale and you watch how the Cardinals operate. Kyler Murray dysfunction front office. I'll pose this question to you first, Saul. How, how can the Cardinals attempt to emulate what the Suns are doing? The Suns are the class of the NBA. They're the overwhelming favorites to win the NBA championship. They've got a young star like a Kyler Murray and Devin Booker, and they brought in veteran leadership, and they've got a head coach that, I mean, he's the coach of the year. Everybody loves him. How, how do the Cardinals attempt to, to match what the Suns are doing, or, or is it even possible? Well, it is possible. Um, I, I would say this. There, there's a couple things that, that are stark differences from the Suns versus uh, the Cardinals. Number one, you got to start at the top, right? And and I would say you, I would say the Cardinals probably have a more of an advantage over the Suns in terms of ownership. Yeah. At least, at least, especially when you're talking from a non-controversial standpoint. Like Absolutely. Michael, Bid- Michael Bidwell has not really ruffled the feathers of the fans to the degree that Robert Sarver has, right? Take mm-hmm. that out of the equation and you just go, let's start at the GM level, okay? You got Steve Kime, 
and you have James Jones. James Jones, relatively green, like he's been he's been doing this for now the third fourth season, third or fourth season. Um, and not every move has been perfect, but he's made a majority of his moves work out more so than not. And it started by bringing in Monty Williams, and this is where we're going to get into the big difference. Monty Williams played, actually played, didn't just you know watch with a clipboard um, in in the NBA. He had, a pre- <laughs> he had a previous head coaching stint where they actually did make the playoffs and then it didn't work out. And, and he also like, there's a lot to be said about going through a lot of shit as a, as a, as a human being and having yeah. and learning from life experiences and how to manage not only yourself, uh, your, your own composure, but also how helping others get through certain scenarios in their life. I think when you look at the Cardinals, that's what's drastically missing right now is that you have a, a rookie head coach or a, or a greener um, head coach um, who, who you know, played, played in the NFL, if you want to call it that, um, and didn't really have to grind his way and go through some of the stuff that Monty Williams has had to grind and get through and never had a previous head coaching stop either. And so when you're talking about trials and tribulations and relating to your team, especially when you're – let's just focus on Kyler Murray – it's difficult. It's difficult because you understand like, hey, when Monty Williams says, hey, man to man, this is what needs to happen. Guys respect that. They listen to it. He has the credibility. He has the stature. He has this, the, the fortitude. And he, he has that presence. When Cliff Kingsbury comes to you and says, hey, man to man, bro, you don't walk in the same circle I do. Like, you just don't. Like, so what, what about you is telling me that I need to listen to you because you're just as new as I am. Right to, to the NFL, you know what I mean? Like, so it, it, it's a it's a difficult prospect. But what I I will also say this, you know, when when we look at Kyler Murray and Devin Booker, I will say that Kyler Murray, um, you know, he I know everybody questions his maturity. I mean, the guy's only twenty four. Like that that was always going to be somewhat of an issue. And I'm sure Joe Burrow's gonna, you know, he's gonna have a hiccup or two here or there, and people are gonna say, well, you know, he's still young. Like it's okay. But my major concern is, is his development. Is he going to be able to develop into the star that, that they need him to be? Because what you've seen with Devin Booker is, is since Monty Williams has gotten there, each and every year he's gotten progressively better. He's, yeah. got, he's added something else to his game, and he's become more of a leader for that team. And then you add somebody like a CP3 into the mix, and it just it kind of takes off from there because now you have somebody else who's also echoing the same things that your coach is, and all three of those things combined are what make the Suns such a premier team to watch in the NBA. You're missing those elements on the other side of the ball. You can't bring J.J. Watt and think that J.J. Watt is going to be that same influence when he hasn't played the quarterback position with Kyler Murray. He And he's not even on that side of the ball, right? So they're in different meetings they're in different camps they're in different like it's almost a different world until you actually see them in the game so i don't think that that's the same thing as what um what is what the suns are building and it's tough because football is obviously the dynamics in football the structure of football is vastly different than what it is in basketball smaller team more close unit because you only got 12 guys whereas in football damn like there's like 100 dudes coming through there every single year and you don't know who's going to be sticking around for that 53 that's right. 
That's true. <laughs> That's very well said. So, man, started, I like where he was going, though, from the top, right? And he hit breaks right at the coaching. That was it. I think that's uh, that is the catalyst right there. I will add this here though. I, th- I think the Suns um, have great depth. They've gone outside to go. They've they've done that very well. Uh, we have depth in certain positions, but we've lost that. We lost that depth sometime during the season when several of our guys, offensive linemen, either had COVID or they got injured. Same thing on the defensive line. COVID hit them or they got injured, and there was no real replacing of that. And if there was a replacing, there was no real adjustment that that fit that skill set of those guys that, that in a way that they, they were protected. And I think that was exposed in some areas because if your offensive lineman, if your center goes down and you got a guard playing center now, that changes the dynamics of the offense. And maybe that middle, that middle is not as open, so you can't stay in the pocket. So you got to grow your quarterback out more. And sometimes on the back half, I didn't we didn't we didn't just we didn't, we didn't make the adjustments that I think Monty Williams does. With his team, he makes adjustments extremely well. Is that because he played? Is that because he's seen enough enough basketball on the NBA level? He's been around other head coaches and learned from head coaches in scenarios, clock management, things like that. Those are things we'll go back and say. And I agree. I think that um, those are a couple of things I would definitely like to add to the table that if we could make some adjustments, we need better depth in certain areas of uh, on this football field. Of course, injuries kind of caught up with us. Um, but that's the only thing I can say from the coaching that's all definitely ex- expounded on express extremely well. And I would definitely say I, the, what the Suns look like they have is depth. And if you get more depth on this team, you can always kind of feel like you're not you're not losing. You're just replacing. And if you're replacing, then you're just you're still building on what you was already doing. You didn't lose much. But but it's also, uh, you know, it's also when you're looking at player development as well, that's. That's the other thing that's making this difference. I just saw a comment about, well, you know, if we just change GMs, you know, like the Suns have a competent GM. I, I would definitely say that Steve Kime is not an incompetent GM. He's made a lot of great moves for the organization. You can't so say still employed. He, yeah, you, you can't say that he hasn't. But like, if you look at this, right, look at Mikhail Bridges, look at Cam Payne, and look at Cam Johnson. Those three guys, once they got to the Suns, have developed into prominent role players. Take two other guys on the Cardinals, Christian Kirk, and then you take this year with Rondell Moore. From the beginning of the season versus the end of the season, you could argue that both of those guys got worse as opposed to got better. Yeah, And and that's not a trajectory you ever want to be on. So who does that fall on? Does that fall on Kime, or does that fall on the player development staff under Cliff Kingsbury in order to try and develop those guys? Like, that's my problem, is that player development has severely lacked with the Cardinals. Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins, same argument. At the beginning of the season, much, much better than at the end of the season. Why is that? Like, you got to look at this from a whole, not just a player personnel perspective in terms of free agency and trades, but also how are you developing your in-house talent when you, when you draft them and how are you getting them from A to B? And that's what the Suns have done very, very well. They've drafted guys. They've contributed, and if they haven't contributed, they've gotten rid of them and gotten compensation in return, a la Jalen Smith, which is something that the Cardinals have not done yet either. No, you make a good point. I would even throw Hassan Reddick in there where Kime drafted him, and it took a while, and it it finally got going, but you question, okay, how is he being coached ahead of time? I also think with regard to Michael Bidwell, Michael Bidwell has seen Steve Kime be a successful general manager for Bruce Arians, who's an elite head coach and get to NFC title games and win the division and have three straight double-digit win seasons. I think that 
he probably feels like if I've got the right coach in place, Kime is more than capable, especially now that they have a young franchise quarterback. I, I, where I would push back is I, I just think the Suns have done a better job drafting and, and developing. And in the NBA, as opposed to the NFL, if you hit on two or three guys, you are, you are a made franchise and you can supplement in free agency. In the NFL, I mean, Kime's drafts have been, I mean, they've been historically bad, especially in the first round. And so to miss that often, I, I just, he swings big in free agency and for the most part does a really nice job. But most of the time, it's to supplement the fact that this team can't draft and develop as well. So I would say this: the Cardinals have a have have a better owner. I think that's un, basically with everything going on with the Suns' dysfunction and ownership, and you know the you know potentially the what was it the the racist comments that came out. And there was all this talk about will they have to sell the team um, as opposed to Michael Bidwell, who who I mean, goodness, he bought a jet, right? There's a, he got the new stadium built. He, he's, a, I think, a pro player owner. He pays guys, unlike in Frank's day where they, they didn't want to pay anybody. Bill Bidwell didn't want to pay star players. Um, I do think the Suns have a distinct advantage at general manager and head coach. But I would say the Cardinals are, are a very talented team. Are they as talented in the NBA equation as the Suns? No. But I think, yes, they're top-heavy. But if they had a, a superior head coach, and a superior GM who knew how to draft and develop well and knew how to build the meat of the roster, that, to me, that is how you get there. I, I've said it time and time again. I think the, this organization can win a Super Bowl with Michael Bidwell and Kyler Murray. It's the individuals in between that pie I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. I, I mean, I know everybody wants to bag on on Steve Kime and they want to get rid of him. And, yeah, he is he's missed. Uh, in, in, in the first rounds, he is missed, all right? But – I also want to go back and, and say, when the Suns drafted Cam Johnson, mm. there was a lot of people that were like, what the hell are you doing? Why would you take Cam Johnson that high? This is a complete miss. James Jones is over his skis. He doesn't know what he's doing right now. He just traded um, – uh, uh, oh, man, why do I always forget this guy? Anyway, traded a, a, a son. Oh, my gosh, I can't remember. Can't believe I'm forgetting his name. Anyway, traded him from Cast Considerations and Dario Saric. Like there was a lot of like a lot of people that were like, "Oh, I don't, I don't know about this." And then it worked out, and it worked out because these guys panned out. Uh, the cash considerations ended up being used to trade for Tory Craig, who came over last year and had and was part of their big run mm -hmm. with the with the Cardinals. When we drafted Isaiah Simmons, yes, there were other guys on the board, but for a large part of us, excited. A versatile guy, because again, Johnny, I, I mentioned this, uh, I think, last week. We were getting torched by tight ends in the league. And right. we needed somebody to try and stop the bleeding. We thought this guy would be a hybrid complement to try and slow that down. And it worked to a degree. Um, but but ooh. but then it's it's just like, you know, you got to make sure that all these other things are in line and the development is where it is. TJ Warren's the guy I was thinking about. Let, quickly, I want to go through Steve Kimes' first round picks because I think you make, a, you make a really interesting point there. Perception is not reality. The general manager, as Saul gets kicked out of the, of the stream, we'll have to bring him back there or he must have lost service. The Suns get pushed back on draft day for making the right decision, inevitably. The Cardinals... Everybody loved the Josh Rosen trade, including myself. I'm giving you credit. What happened there? We lose you? Sorry. Uh, for uh, My audio just absolutely went to bananas, and I don't even know if you guys heard the last, like, five things I said. No, That's we got you. Mm -hmm. I, I want to piggyback off your point, off of Suns' leadership in the draft as opposed to the Cardinals. I think Steve Kime 
is thirsty for those draft day headlines. And I think he plays too much into that perception because Isaiah Simmons was the lightning rod of that top 10. And if he would have gone conservative safe, like we talked about with somebody like Tristan Wirfs, he would have been better off. I think the Suns know talent over flash substance over what, you know, whatever the hell I'm trying to get at here, but let me go through these picks. You tell me how many of these guys earned the second contract. If you weren't a second contract, you're a successful first round pick. Jonathan Cooper was his first first round pick in 2013. No second contract. Dayom Buchanan, fine player, no second contract. DJ Humphreys, 2015, got a second contract, but a lot of people didn't think it was warranted. He got lucky there. Okay? 2016, you Robert can't do, you can't do that. He you did get lucky. You can't say you got lucky. You got to give the guy credit okay. at least. I'll give him credit bit. for DJ Humphreys. And Dayon Buchanan, I would argue, should have returned. Well, I think Todd Bowles was the reason Dayon Buchanan played as well as he did early on and when he lost Todd Bowles and James Betcher took over and then it just didn't go well. And he's, he's, he's been a backup ever right? since. No, he's out. I love Dayon. That, that rookie year in 2014 <clears throat> was fantastic. 2016, Robert Kimdichie. Uh, safe to say, no second contract. 2017, Hassan Reddick. And here's where I will make the, the point I'm trying to make. It's substance over quality or whatever. Everybody hated the Reddick pick. Literally, everybody was disappointed because they didn't get a quarterback. Right? And they got jumped. And that was, that was a bad decision in and of itself not to go up and get Mahomes or Watson. But Reddick ended up being a good pick. And they, they, didn't, they didn't buy into their own player. They didn't buy into their own talent and play him where he needed to be, and that speaks to player development. 2018, Josh Rosen, unmitigated disaster. Murray, 2019, will get a second contract. Isaiah Simmons right now, I would say, trending toward being a good pick, not a top 10 pick, not a top 10 pick, and then Xavier Collins, TBD. That, that's just not good enough, when, especially when so many of those picks are high in the draft. What are, what's, what are people saying? What's, what are you doing drums, midair drums? Sorry, uh, Johnny, we will officially be going to the combine. I just want to let you know that. That's what I was pumping my fist for. Let's do it. Sometimes you got to wait for the approval before you get too excited. Fun. You know what I mean? Like You just got the approval on, on the, the comment. So I, hope, I, hope I hope that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying, Johnny. I really do. Uh, and, and, and you're right. Uh, most of those have not panned out versus panning out. Some of that is coaching. Some of that is player development. Um, and Steve Kime is in charge of that as well yeah. you know, in relation to his head coach. And I think that's where he's missed the mark. He hired a great head coach. They had a strong season, had a strong program, had good success for several years, had a good quarterback as well. He needs that coach again to help, you know, kind of, uh, you know, uh, stem or at least slow the, the blood loss for some of these bad decisions. Because I think if, if you have players that you feel confident can contribute within your program, it doesn't matter how good they are in the NFL scheme. And the Patriots have proven that tenfold. Like you can get regular ass journeyman guys, but if you feel like they're a perfect fit for your system, yeah, then then you can you can excel. They've done that for years. The Cardinals need to adopt that kind of mentality as well. Like you said, he's kind of going for the flashy pick sometimes. Yeah. And that hasn't worked out. Loves instead the of, sexy pick. Kimbiji was a sexy pick. Yeah. Instead of drafting for, for what is going to actually help you and is the best fit 
best fit for your team. I kind of equate it to when, I don't know if you guys play Madden, but when you play Madden and you're scouting prospects, in some of those prospects, it'll tell you scheme fit. You know what I mean? And you're like, okay, this guy might be able to develop at a faster rate within my scheme than, you know, the number one overall pick. Like, that's just, that's just the Madden me. Like, you got to be able to draft for your scheme and your team and what fits your needs better than what everybody else in the NFL and scouting reports thinks is the best player overall. And they don't clearly don't that. do that defensively because if they not did, well, not well, Isaiah Simmons and Zavin Collins wouldn't be playing for, for Vance Joseph. Go ahead, Frank. I think some of the guys that they did draft, uh, they they specifically sought those guys for the reasons that we did need them. When we got Hassan Reddick and Kambichi, we needed help on the defensive line and the defensive front. Those guys didn't pan out. Why did they not pan out? Well, we already talked about why Hassan didn't, because right now he's one of the best defensive ends in the NFL. Oh, yeah, but in, he's about but to get truth, paid. Right, and the guy we let go. So that's the part on that. But then we look at, are you talking about Isaiah Simmons and Zayn Both of those guys, we need help. We needed linebacker help, and then we also needed somebody to stop tight ends. But, but did we, we need have, it because we kept we, missing? That's we why did, we needed we it. Need it. But, but we did. We need Zayvon Collins. I would argue that as well because the minute they drafted Zayvon Collins from day one, they swore he was going to replace Nicks and or Hicks. Sorry, and Jordan Hicks. And I'm just like, how can you be so bold as to say that with a with a veteran who has been there and done that? You're undermining your own talent. And then when he doesn't pan out, that sounds familiar this past week. And, 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 and when he doesn't pan out, guys, Frank, you can't sit there and tell me that when he when they when they undermine their own talent that's already in the fold, a veteran, not much the, uh, nonetheless, and you bring in this other guy and he can't even he can't cut the mustard, let alone lick the jar like there's just no way that tells me that you don't have an eye for talent. I just it, it's concerning, is it not? I mean, it would be, but once here's the difference: when you're looking at kids and you're, dra- you're drafting, and I guess in, in the mindset, these guys they got the scouts, they're doing all their reports, what he was able to do in in, in his own college system. You'd think that he transferred with so much athleticism that he brings to the table: six foot four, two hundred and twenty five pounds, a two forty yeah. runs a four five. All that stuff should be coachable and just a plug and play situation if he can get it up here in the NFL. But in, in reality, some guys, they do struggle. So I, I like what you know, I like what Johnny said, and he, and he put it with a TBD on him because it is to, to be determined that not everybody that comes into the NFL their first year gets it. But I agree with you. I want to say I want to talk about this song. Jordan Hicks was – he wasn't stopping water. He looked like he looked like water through a strainer last yeah, year. Two years they, ago. They, yeah, He's just bad. He, he didn't have a couple – he wasn't great, so – to bring a kid in, you think that you can come in and play. Yeah, you talk him up. And again, probably they sold a pick because someone, maybe Steve liked them more than anybody else, liked them in the in the in the room, in the draft room. So in the war room, they call it. So I, I get that, but and it is to be determined. But when we look at the guys that they did draft, I thought they got some of the guys maybe with the intent. Now they're not sexy picks because Temple, I mean, that's not like you went and got a kid from Temple outside of Draft them in the top round when you could have gotten some kid from a. I just know, think they Michigan, have Ohio, less big schools, sure so. things. Give me a sure fucking thing this April, because what they do with Hassan tweener rotate like inside outside guy Simmons tweener. We don't know where he's going to play. People thought Zayvon Collins should have been an edge rusher. Small school Tulsa. 
You know what the last time they took a sure thing was in the first round from a big program? Kyler Murray. Yeah. Kyler Murray, they said, he plays quarterback. He went to Oklahoma. They were in the Final Four, and it worked out, right? Had they just done that, your margin for error is so much less. Big program, SEC school. I know Frank Sanders can ball because he played at fucking Auburn, and he plays wide receiver. Plug and play. They don't do enough of that. They don't do enough of that. Frank, could you imagine a scenario where Buddy Ryan was like, hey, Chad Carpenter, we just drafted him in the in the, in the draft. Yo, he's about to take your spot. Like, could you imagine that happening? You know what I mean? Phil Savoy ain't walking through that door, Frank. You know what I mean? Like, come on now. No, you never man. tell a veteran that. Never I tell mean, a, Now, David Boston was a different animal altogether, and we all knew this too. Like, he was a, he was a, he was a beast. Like we knew, we know. knew we were at, but we knew we were adding David to a three receiver system. Exactly, that was exactly. Going to manifest in a sudden great. But, but the coaches never undermined who they already had that's in order true. to make a point. No that's my that's my that's thing. True. Is like uh, that's a bold yeah, strategy to be very like, true. hey, my guy's way better than you. He's going to take your spot just so everybody knows. Like what, bro? Yeah. What? Classic, classic Steve Kime. Couple comments I want to get to. Uh, B says uh, Steve Kime gambles in the first round. You can't afford to do that all the time. I agree. That's what the second and third round pick is for. First round pick has to be a sure thing. Historically, the the motto is first round pick has to be a pro bowler. Day two, uh, day two, second and third rounders need to be starters. And then whatever you get on day three is is gravy. The Cardinals have it backwards. Uh, you know, ironically for them, most of their second and third round picks are their great players, Buda Bakers, yeah, Tyron, David Johnson, and then their first round picks. Goodness, goodness, they just they've been terrible, right? Develop- just. The development again, the development, development, development. Like you're you're talking about second round picks. Let's take let's talk about second round picks. Let's talk about two guys specifically that went to Saguaro High School and Christian Kirk and Byron Murphy. Like, why, why, why are these guys struggling in the second half of their seasons? Like, I just don't understand it. Coaching has to be coaching because Byron they Murphy not legit looked like an a, a pro bowler. Remember the Rams game? He picked off. He picked he off amazing. Stafford. He was he was Ding up Cooper Cup. He had a pick six against Jacksonville, and then at the end of the year, he's a complete liability. He can't he was cover like Eli the red zone. Yeah, worse than Eli Apple. My God. And then Christian Kirk. We've talked about it. I mean, the but, Willie Mays catch in Week One against Tennessee to uh, non-factor, not even diving for the ball against the Rams in the playoff game. I mean, it just. I think it's a culmination of of everything. I, I think. Put a bow on this with congrats to the Suns for a hell of a first half. Unlike the Cardinals, I'm sure they'll finish it in the second half. All right, quickly, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs, 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It is that simple. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on the NBA with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for an even bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Call to action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use that promo code PHNX and bet just $1 on any NBA NBA team. Not the Suns because they're, they're done for now, but any other NBA team to get $150 in free bets if they win. Use that promo code PHNX on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, 21 or over, Arizona-only gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customer only, $5 minimum deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook 
for details. Johnny, before you, you move on to the next segment, yeah, is did you see what happened with uh, Matt Stafford and Kelly Stafford at the at the celebration I, yesterday? I was going to quote tweet it and say Kyler Murray would never, but then I just backed away. You like should, Stafford yeah. did. Listen, I bet. if you haven't seen it, Frank, a girl is trying to take a picture of of them on the stage or whatever. She takes one too many steps back, falls off the stage, fractures her spine. But in the video, my guy, Matt Stafford, sees her fall, makes a face like, oh, and turns around and walks away like I need to get out of here. Really? His wife, thankfully, yeah. Kelly Stafford, went and ran after the, the yeah, woman. She did. And then, really? you know, and 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 props to her and props. She probably was like, Matt, you done fucked up. <laughs> uh, but they're going to cover her medical expenses, which, about to which say, I thought was pretty cool. They, they should. To go because, me earlier today. And yeah, now I'm sure that's gone. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's a really bad look. It's You ever see that video of the... Beyonce and the two other women from Destiny's Child, and they were on the runway together. And then one of you know this video that I'm talking about. Go look this up. And the third Michelle falls, and then Kelly just keeps walking. They just keep. They just basically step over. That's what this was kind of like. <laughs> I wish I had that video. Go look that up. Oh my god, Michelle this. Destiny Child falling, and Kelly's just they just walk continue on. I don't even. Oh, I need this. Beyonce and Kelly just funny. keep walking. Um, poor Michelle. She was always the third wheel. All right, good stuff. <laughs> Did you see? Did you watch the video? All right. No, no, no. I haven't seen it. All right. So we're talking a lot about misses, draft picks. You know what the Suns do well, what the Cardinals don't. We got we got free agency actually a month from yesterday, fellas, and we know who the free agents are. I don't expect we got a lot of this. Are the Cardinals going to extend anybody in the short term? <laughs> How great is that video? No one <laughs> is signing. No one is signing. I can't believe you've never seen that. No one is signing a free agent contract with the Cardinals in the Cardinals organization before they can get to free agency. That would have already been done. I I do not expect any deals to get done now, and I don't expect the Cardinals to tag anybody. So it's going to be the wild, wild west next month from now. But that doesn't mean the Cardinals can't extend some certain players, many of them cornerstone players of the 2023 class that I believe is much more daunting of a task than what Kime has now. Kime has a decision to make with a lot of one-year guys and Chandler Jones, right? Next year, look at this. This is a group of players that are going to be available. Let me see if I can find it. What happened to my my, uh, graphic here? Oh, no. I saw it earlier. Was it not in here? Oh, no. No, it's gone now. Okay, so where's our producer? Jesus. Uh, no, you're good. Let me see. I'm not He's I'm not gonna just good. start click clicking around here. So that was <laughs> all right. So I'm just gonna read it off my phone because this is this is important. And we had a nice fancy graphic made and it's gone now. Um all right, so notable 2023 Arizona Cardinal free agents. You guys everybody's we spare, gonna have to we spare no expense here at everybody's gonna have to everybody's gonna have to humor me. Uh Kyler Murray is a free agent after this season. Now we've talked in great detail and I really what's spurring this for me is when is Kyler going to get paid this off season, next off season, the franchise tag, he's number one on the list, but then it goes to DJ Humphreys is a free agent in 2023. Jalen Thompson is a free agent in 2023. Byron Murphy and Zach Allen also in that 2019 class with Kyler Murray, they are free agents. So gentlemen, who gets first priority of that list, considering position 
right? Maybe discount that you could get right now, hedging your bet on somebody like a Zach Allen. Who would be the first that you would extend from that list? There, there's no, there's no question who it should be first. Like you don't sign anybody else until you sign Kyler Murray. They couldn't do a little Jalen Thompson deal on the side oh, no, just to get that. No, okay, no, Kyler Murray is the first and only priority, and, and until you get him taken care of, you don't worry about everybody else. You just don't. You think it would be so, spitting in the face of the of Kyler Murray if you signed anybody else before him? Yes, from his from his own draft class. You are the franchise quarterback in the National Football League, and you are considered. There it is. A, I got it right here. And you are considered a very very good one. There is no other player on this team that is as important to an organization than the quarterback. You sign him, you give him his money, and then you worry about everybody else because. You can't sign everybody else and shortchange yourself when you're trying to give this guy possibly bigger bucks than you want to. Um, so you know, if you just have to take care of Kyler, man, Kyler is the the number one priority. It's nice to have DJ and Jalen and Byron and Zach. It's 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 cute, but Kyler is the big dog. He is. The 2023. I'm not even because I can't even. I think Kyler needs to be signed this year. Yes. I think they need I think they need to don't even he's not even part of next year's conversation. I think he needs to be signed this year because that will be a problem right now. He's a two-time pro bowler. He's already one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And, if you, and right now he's not gonna pay, he's not gonna take another eleven million dollar payout when he's in the top ten of quarterbacks. I'd be surprised if there's not an argument on holding out this year. I'd be surprised oh, if he doesn't. Well, somebody it. in the chat, somebody in the chat says we'll just pick up his fifth year option. Kyler Murray is not playing on a one-year deal. No, yeah. no way in yeah. hell. Franchise tag, fifth-year yeah. option. I don't care how much you pay him. He is not playing another down on a one-year contract. No way. Not at all. Yeah. So if 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 it's on me, I mean, I'm I really don't not a fan of DJ Humphreys. I think he's a lot of show. I don't I'm not I'm not sold on him. His development has not been great. I think he is not the guy I would bring back. I would bring back Byron Murphy. I think he has an upside. I, I, if he if he gets the right coaching, the right mentoring. And uh, but you need you need a good cornerback. He could be a next Jalen Ramsey. He has hands. He has cover skills. I don't know why he fell off in that conversation, but he would be one of those guys. If he go off off in twenty twenty two and have a good season, and he he walks with five or seven picks, he's going to be on the open market for a lot of money. Man, I wouldn't want to waste that time. I think you can't you can't overlook really really good cornerbacks in the NFL, especially as much as they pass the ball. Uh, Jalen Thompson for me. If we're not going to talk about Kyler Murray, Jalen Thompson's the one. You shore right. up your safety position for years to come with Buddha and Jalen. Those two are dogs. Jalen has has shown that he has developed and improved year to year. Uh, I like his. I, I like the fact that he gets after it. He loves to hit people. He to me, he didn't have a, the drop off that other players around him did. I like Jalen Thompson uh, immensely. I really love Jalen Thompson. I think you need to share up Jalen Thompson and, and at least take that off of your plate. And then you worry about everybody else. Uh, I agree with Jose. Balin, Balin. Byron and Jalen are cornerstones. I would say Jalen Thompson is uh, by far and away the best day three draft pick Steve Kimes ever made. Uh, and that was in, that was the last pick of that supplemental draft ever. Fifth round pick, Washington State. You remember thinking, okay, could he be a rotational guy, special teams guy? He is a... Uh, somebody that probably will never get his due because of how good Buda Baker is. And it's hard to have multiple safeties from the same team get accolades like Pro Bowls and such. They are going to need to reward him hand over foot 
because unlike somebody like I like Tony Jefferson once upon a time, of course, a lot of people did. His coverage skills were just they were solid, but he was more of an in the box safety, could sack the quarterback. Jalen is a phenomenal cover safety. Fantastic. So I think to your point, Saul, you, you have strengths on this team emerging. Keep them as strengths. You have the best safety tandem, I believe, in the NFL with both of those individuals. Byron, to me, is too young to give up on and to let another team reap the benefits of his best seasons. I think Byron Murphy is like 22, 23 years old. Yeah. He's been in the league. I think he came in the league at like 20 years old. 33rd overall pick, right? I, I believe both of those guys will get extended. Zach Allen, to me, is somebody else where I need to see him put together another complete season. His first two seasons were injury marred. Last year, he kind of broke out a little bit, had a nice second half, especially. Okay, Zach, put together a five to seven sack season, be healthy for 16 out of 17 games, 18 games, and 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 be a force against the run. And if that's the case, happily sign in him. But this is probably the best collection of talent that the Cardinals have put together from that 2019 group. I'm with you, Frank. I would be looking if this draft allowed for it to find a replacement for DJ Humphreys. And I think if there's the right kind of tackle that falls to you at 23, that, okay, I'm riding with Kelvin Beecham and DJ Humphreys for one year. <laughs> Trevor Penning. I'm going to be really on disappointed that. When, a, when that guy when he gets picked I'm up. Gonna on, I'm going to be on that train until the draft is over. I don't care. You heard it here. You think he's actually sneezing? Trevor Penning is going to be an all-pro <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Well, hey, uh, I think we're I think we're all on the same page. Yeah. Look, it's B's asked the question about an unpaid quarterback. And look, we saw the fallout of what happened with Dallas, how they tried to play the scenario when they didn't want to play Dak, and he had a lot of the same situations. Leadership qualities, taking the team to the playoffs, done some stuff that they haven't done before. He's already the future of the program, and you already know where that's going. Kyler's in the same boat in a lot of ways. Go ahead. But there's two guys. Those are two prime examples. And one of somebody brought it up in the chat with Baker Mayfield and Dak. They they took the gamble and played on the the final year of their contract. And Baker Mayfield just got tore up, literally right, got tore destroyed. up his labrum, everything. And Dak shattered his ankle. Both of them could have been career ending. Luckily for Dak, the Cowboys still paid him because when they went to the Red Rifle or the Red Rocket or whatever the hell his red name is. Red Rocket. Um, he absolutely shit the bed. And then every quarterback they tried to bring in to supplement Dak was absolute trash at the Cowboys. Yes. Fuck around and find out, Cardinals. Fuck around and find out. Because if Save. you put Kyler in that same position, he's going to hold out, number one. But if he was not smart enough and just came back and decided to play and he got hurt, you're going to find out real quick how valuable that dude is. Absolutely. I, I we need, we, we good, need a shirt that says fuck rocking. around and find out with Kyler Murray's face on it. That, that, that would be a hot and then on the back, we'll And then on the back, we'll put like Ryan Lindley's face because that, that's the reality. They've lived that reality that you would think with how ignorant they are. Or excuse me, with how um, I always think of how much they've yeah, been exposed to the. I always think of that song um, before when we were when we had Rosen, and it was like uh, back to life, back to reality. Like that's how awful it's going to be for the Cardinals if they have to go back to the early '90s eras of quarterbacks. Back to no primetime games. Back but, but he to asked a, a top ten how, pick. How's the locker room like? 
it sucks because every player wants to keep their players. And if your players aren't happy and you don't have your players in there because you know you should be paying him, then that's going to offset a lot of the conversations of what the team believes. There is no way in hell they're going to think that Colt McCoy is going to produce what Dak, what, what, what there, are people, there are fans, Frank, that feel there like are fans out there that think Let me tell you what. Any fan that wants that conversation, look at every backup quarterback that for the quarterbacks that got hurt that was starters, those backup quarterbacks shit the bed. So don't don't want you don't want there's that. Been, so there's been like two quarterbacks in the history of, of like the last 20 years that came off the bench and were actually better than the starters. Tony Romo and Tom fucking Brady. Like that's it. That's the list. And so if you think either one of those two dudes are coming off the bench in the form of Colt McCoy or Tyler Hundley, if you want to go get them or whoever, dude, you're smoking something that is not legal here in Arizona. I promise you. We have seen Colt McCoy too. Like Brady and, and Romo were unknowns. We know what Colt McCoy is. He's a backup and he did, did a fantastic job. And hopefully they do bring him back. Cause I think, He's yeah, a tre- tremendous ally and resource for Kyler Murray. Went on the road and won two playoff or two, two road divisional games. Um, it's a very difficult thing to do. Kyler Murray is the mo- is is a top five talent at the quarterback position. Not a top five quarterback, in my opinion. Top five talent. Top ten quarterback, wherever you want to put him, six to ten, I don't care. The Cardinals cannot replicate that. They could go five straight drafts of taking a quarterback in the first round and may never get another Kyler Murray. So you have to maximize what you have today. And I think Michael Bidwell is a very bright, bright man. And he is not dumb enough to, to screw this up with Kyler Murray. I do not believe he will do that. Agreed. We've got to minimize stuff going into the off, this offseason, despite the stuff that, you know, what we dealt with, how bad we ended the season. we got to minimize going into the offseason and going into a new season with drama with your quarterback. I mean, we just we just went through a good two-week window of what hell is Kyler doing that made national media. But you have to find a way to continually build on getting free agents to come here that believe that you're going to have your quarterback intact, your boy D-Hop's coming back. You got you got a team that I want to come to because this is the nucleus that will be here. But if you don't, if you have question marks, when guys get ready to sign, it's going to be a problem. Listen, I, Kyler, go, oh, go ahead. I like this quote real quick. So the or the comment from bees, the front office cannot reasonably expect Kyler to be a leader while he's not being paid like one that sends mixed signal to players. Here's what I'll say on that. So money will do one of two things. It'll either make you more of who you are or it'll ask more of you. And if they get paid more and they allocate more of the cap to Kyler Murray, they will need more from him. He will have to lead more if he's making $40 million as opposed to $10 million this year. So I think. To your point, I think but it you could would, go you that way. You, you wouldn't expect him to do anything more with the 10 million to the 40 million. You're still going to say, go out and make plays, score touchdowns, and win football but, games. No, no, but, but more is going to be expected. Off but, but, the field, the but off listen, the field stuff. When you're, getting the 40, when you're getting 40 versus 10, no, the expectation is significantly higher. And the reason why it's higher is because now you're expected to carry the brunt Correct. way more. Um, listen, because of that $40 million price tag, Frank, that's going to eliminate some of the weapons around him, some of the luxuries that he currently has right now under his rookie deal. You have that's to just, elevate. That's just how it is. Like you're not going to be able to afford certain to pay certain guys certain amounts, and it's just going to be how it is. You're going to have to. That's when you're really going to have to nail the draft. That's when you're going to absolutely going to have to nail the draft. 
So if you're the Cardinals and you're going to pay Kyler 40, 40 million dollar money, like you you have to trust that Kyler Murray is going to be that dude for you and be able to carry that weight every year, year in, year out. That's just like that's the expectation, Frank. You know it is. It's, it's, it's honestly the money is already allocated for the quarterbacks, no matter what he does or how he acts or how he acts. It doesn't doesn't change the the desire or the want his desire or want to win. And it should not change me as a fan when he was making five million to two million that I want to win the same way. No, so, no, no. It doesn't. But in regards, not but you're saying the weapons. I'm saying it's still allocated between there. There'll be one book in receiver. Then we'll have some guys we got to pick up in the draft, second and third round guys we got to bring in. And go watch how limited then, the Cowboys are going to be this off season and future off seasons. They're talking about cutting Amari Cooper because they don't have funds to pay. You know, Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper is not. He's not that dude anymore. He's not. He's not a starting receiver. I just mean the, the point I'm making is they've I'm elevated saying. Dak and his fourth round contract status with they traded for Amari Cooper, very similar to the Hopkins trade, just like Buffalo gave Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs. You can do those kind of things when your quarterback's making mo- no money. What that's why it's scary what San Francisco has because they've already got a, a loaded roster and they haven't even started reaping the benefits of Trey Lance making no money. The Cardinals. That's why people consider the Super Bowl window to be this year because they're only paying him $10 million this year. They have one more offseason to do a splash move. By the way, they only have a million dollars in cap space. So what happens when you – you have to be convinced. If I'm paying Kyler Murray $40 million or 45 with inflation, we're not just going to be the Falcons with Matt Ryan, just seven wins, six wins, eight wins, because that that's quarterback purgatory where, yeah, you're worried about moving off of him but you can't because you've seen what bottom, bottoming out looks like, but you're not good enough with him. Not a great timeline, place to be. The timeline they paid Matt Matt Ryan, they should have never done that. I mean, they, they that was a bad That's decision. And he's that older. was a really bad decision. He was older at the time. They should have paid him that money anyway. And they still had guys with – they had young receivers they was bringing in for him and Julio. Long story short, I still – I just think we, we got to pay our dude. And, he, and even if the, the expectations that are on him – I believe he can overcome a lot of those, a lot of the stuff that, I mean, that we think that we he needs. If we coach, if, if the coaching is proper, then we don't have to have we don't have to have all the best players. We can look, we can take that notation from the Suns. Yes, we just got to get the right players and develop these guys, as you guys eloquent eloquently stated early in, early in the program about what can we learn, how to John, develop our players. Johnny, there was a comment just a minute ago talking about Warner. Can you pull that yeah. up real quick? Uh, if uh, Warner, Warner coach, coach Kyler wouldn't build wouldn't build that mindset like Warner did with Fitz, or wouldn't that build that mindset like Warner did with Fitz? This is the thing, though. Listen, none of us really know what Kyler Murray is all about, and so I'm not going to sit here and speculate that Kyler Murray is not open to coaching. I'm not going to say that because I don't I don't believe that to be the truth. But there's a difference between <clears throat> being heavy handed and light handed, and some coaches are heavy handed where they will tell you, uh, "You fucking suck." Why the hell would you throw that ball over there? That's the dumbest fucking play I've ever seen in my life. And other coaches are like, uh, I, I see what you're trying to do over here, but uh, I think this option over here might work out f- better for us. So why don't you try that next time? Like they, there's there's a different coaching styles. And when you're talking about Kyler Murray and Fitz specifically when it comes to Warner, Warner straight up would tell him like, like okay, well, you don't work as hard as you think you are. Like, and you could elevate your level to another level, but you don't seem like you have that work ethic. And it took Fitz 
to receive that and say, oh, what? And take his game to another level. If Kyler can do that, then absolutely. Who is that but, person in the Cardinal organization that will say that to Kyler? Well, I think this individual is saying, why doesn't Warner reach out to Kyler or Kyler will reach out to Warner? I don't for a second doubt that maybe Warner has already reached out to him and said, hey. I put that I put that on Twitter. I said, I'd be great to see Kyler Murray connect with Russell Wilson or Kurt Warner or Drew Brees, and I got killed for it. Absolutely killed. Like, Kyler Murray is above doing that. Do you think he's above doing that? No, I think any player – Fuck, Devin Booker reached out to Kobe Bryant. Like, what, what's what's the difference here? What's the difference nah, here? I mean, they 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 get they're putting they're putting too much onus on the ideology that he's he's a he he's so hard. He's established. He's so like he, people no, think he's Kyler Murray is a finished player. He's, he's not. He's not. Great players not. are thirsty for knowledge. Great yes. players are thirsty yes. for knowledge. They want to. They want every advantage possible. It's yes. not out of the realm of possibility that if Kyler Murray truly wants to be the best of the best, that he would talk to the best of the best. Like that's the only way you improve. You can't talk about how to be great with somebody who's a fucking backup quarterback. He doesn't know shit about being great. You got to talk to the greats. That's how you get better. Like, that's just like, bro, like Frank Sanders wasn't talking to Chad Carpenter about how to excel as a receiver. He was probably talking to some other dudes like Rob Moore about, hey, what do you see that I'm doing wrong? He was like a seventh round draft pick in 1996. I just looked him up. He's a coach here too, but he's a coach. He coaches in Arizona now. He coaches. uh, Shout out to Chad. Chad, Chad, Chad. I'm sorry after you're on the bus a couple times, but I was just trying to make a point. (laughs) Quickly, General, I want to remind everybody right now you can get, uh, you can rep your Phoenix Suns or your Arizona Cardinals or any Arizona sports team that we've got going on at gophnx.com, the PHNX Merchandise Locker. Right now you can get this phenomenal on fire Devin Booker t-shirt for 20% off. It's not a Devin Booker shirt. Not Devin Booker shirt. Somebody it's just an that, on fire shirt. On fire shirt. I'm sorry. I I, I apologize. Damn it, Johnny. I, am I not? Yeah. It's You're not on fire. Devin Booker. It's not. Right it's, now, it's just. It's a pixelated <laughs> Suns player. You can get this pixelated Suns player <laughs> at phnxlocker.com. Uh, you can get a membership. Why wouldn't you want to join this family of misfits? Uh, and you can become a member for under sixty bucks for the entire year. You can get a free T-shirt like this if you want to dip your toe in. Fifty cents. For the first month, eight ninety nine for the subsequent months. Also, by the way, children five and older are eligible for the COVID nineteen vaccine. The vaccine is the best tool we have to reduce the chances of getting sick with COVID nineteen. The COVID nineteen vaccine can reduce the risk of being hospitalized or dying from the disease. It's safe, free, and highly effective. And COVID nineteen vaccines are available throughout Arizona. Visit azhealth.gov/slash/find-vaccine for a location nearest to you. All right, so you don't get to play this next game. Number one, because you just yelled at me. And number two, because it's not your birthday. So Frank Sanders and I are birthday brothers today. And we get to pick one birthday present via the Arizona Cardinals this offseason. So Frank, if you could get anything from your favorite team in the form of maybe some new uniforms or a draft pick or a free agent signing or trade, what would you pick as your birthday present from the Arizona Cardinals this offseason? Am I limited in those three things? Or can I just expound on my... Personal I, you can pay you like like you you join the front office. What you join the coaching staff? I mean, give me give me something. Let's, I, let's talk anything. this thing out. Okay. Uh, honestly, as a, as an alumni, the Cardinals do a great job of bringing several of the players back. It's just kind of like something that's just a little hidden deal. Sometimes we come in, we sign autographs on the club level or around the around the property on game days. Look, 
all I ask for is the ability to have club level access with a with a badge. That's all I want. I don't I don't need a suite. I don't need a seat. I just need club level, unlimited access around the building outside of going into you know certain suites and certain areas that's <laughs> off property. But for the players, I just want a badge, bro. I want a badge that allows me to get from here to there. I want like top flight security badges. I want keys like Bookman. I want to have forty five keys to any door in the in the building. That's what I want. That's that's that's. I don't well, everybody in the, did you just call me Buffalo Butt? <laughs> Who called you Buffalo Butt? I said, like, did you just call? No. I know, but we know what his nickname was. Yeah, Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> no, if honestly, just that's on the sidebar. But if the Cardinals can give me anything right now, you know, honestly, I like to figure really? out how we can move this, this, this first round traffic around and, and dive around it and make some, make some better moves. Real quick, Josh in the chat just pulled up and he said, Go ahead, pull it up there, Johnny. What Josh uh, or Huntstar said. He said, "You saw it, Saul. I know you just did." And he's right. He's right. He caught me looking. He caught me slipping because he just showed me the girth that he just posted on uh, social. <laughs> what? That's, uh, the one and only Gerald the Girth Borgay uh, sitting by a fire. Uh, well done, sir. Uh, you beat us to the punch because we literally had a similar graphic that was made today, but we do have another special graphic that we're going to unveil on the Suns here soon. But uh, funny stuff, Josh. Yeah, Josh Hunt is like one of those. He's now, I'm going to call him an OG, but he's been one of our faithful followers and very, very involved in graphic creation for our shows, Ooh, Nice, uh, which has been hilarious. So uh, much love, man. Josh gets all the love. Um, I uh, one birthday gift for me is I would go to Kyler Murray and I would say, "How do we fix this? How do we make sure that this does not continue? How do we put out this fire?" And to me, I would fire Steve Kime. I would Ooh. fire Cliff Kingsbury. I would promote Adrian Wilson, and I would hire Byron Leftwich. I would take what the Jaguar fans wanted. And I would steal it for myself. And I would say, Kyler Murray, here are two individuals that played this game that you know and probably respect. Byron Murphy, or excuse me, Byron Leftwich. This did not happen. Of course, he did not become the coach of the Jaguars. What if he became the Arizona Cardinals head coach? That's what I would pick. Then you feel like, oh, man, I got some juice now. I got no. a GM. What? No. Yes. Hell no. Yes. This you is his hire, birthday. You would this hire Byron Leftwich before you hired Eric Bieniemy. Yes. Byron Leftwich has a rapport with this organization. He was awful Aaron. as the OC. Oh, who's good with Josh Rosen? Oh my! Oh, so he got Tom Brady. Now he's awesome. Get the fuck out of here. He threw. No, James threw yes. over thirty touchdowns with him. Yes. He threw yeah, twenty-five interceptions too. Who cares? <laughs> Oh my gosh! By I was like, I was like, <laughs> people are hating on it. Listen, it's not happening. Uh, maybe next off season, uh, oh but not gosh. right now. You know who I would not hire as GM? Fucking Johnny Venerable is who I would not hire as, as GM because he would like hire Byron Leftwich, and we'd be sitting here talking about who's going to be the next Cardinals GM here in a year. <laughs> You're gonna have to kiss Byron's ass when he's the head coach of the team next year. So a dub, a dub, I love. A dub's my guy. Love Adrian. I, I think, I think he would. He brings a different kind of vibe to the to the to the organization. He's very well respected amongst not only players 
but up and coming uh, or other scouts, other coaches around the league. He played the game hard nosed, tough. Like that's, I, I like You're that. You're fine with that. Okay. I'm absolutely fine with that. But Byron Leftwich, uh, he rode the he rode the curtails of freaking uh, 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 Carson Palmer and okay. Tom Brady, and had one of the most horrific offensive uh, performances in recent memory well, with Josh Rosen and that Cardinals team. That I never, was Mike I know, McCoy. Josh, I, I Josh absolutely sucked, though. He, he was, was not a he can't good he can't play for anybody, bro. He's not even he's not, he's on a roster. The six. I mean, he's not a good quarterback. He's not a good NFL quarterback. Let's just put it that way. He's not an NFL a, quarterback. I said, but he and he wasn't a great in the league. Look, he was supposed to be the number one overall pick in the draft with all these great stats. He's stuck. Him and Sam Donald both stuck. It wasn't like what about they were... Todd Bowles coming back to be a head coach. You know, sometimes there's <laughs> no. Second... I want an offensive guy. What I about don't their wanna, second? Their second go round sometimes is solid. Why don't you bring him back as head coach and have Byron be the OC? That's but what happens when the offense takes off with Byron, then he gets hired somewhere else, and then, then you get Eric Bieniemy because he still won't is, have a job here. Who in three is years. winning Super Bowls? Who are getting? Who? What kind of coaches are getting to NFC and AFC title games? Not defensive coaches. Who are the coaches in the NFC title games and the AFC title games this year? Um, Kansas City, Andy Reid, Zach Taylor coaches offense, McVay, Matt Lafleur. Kyle Shanahan, I do not want a defensive coach in twenty in the the year of twenty twenty two. Our Lord and Savior twenty twenty two. I do not want that. <laughs> I love Todd Bowles. He's great. He won ten games with the dysfunctional Jets. <laughs> Kyler Murray gets Todd, Kyler Murray gets Byron Leftwich as his OC, and then they have a great reform relationship. And then Byron Leftwich goes and takes a job next year, and then the team stinks. That happens all the time. I don't want that. I want the what the Rams have, man. I want. My quarterback, my head coach, to be mm, simpatico on the same page. We uh, don't have that. Okay. Yeah, they also have this dude called Aaron Donald. Yeah. <laughs> I want that, that too. I want a lot of things because it's my birthday. Uh, gentlemen, it's been fun. The show went really long uh, here on a random Thursday in February. We will be back tomorrow in studio. Myself, Frank Sanders, Saul Bookman. Tomorrow, Cardinals Live at 3 p.m. Show us some class. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. You heard it officially on the show earlier. We will be at the NFL Combine in T-minus, I think, like 10 days, two weeks. We can't wait to bring you wall-to-wall coverage. We will be there, hopefully, when Steve Kime speaks. I will ask him about new uniforms. You can bank on it if they let me. Uh, for everybody here at PHNX Cardinals, thank you so much, and we'll see you tomorrow.